And here we go. That's right. You're back in Redline, and they're at the Big Apple this week. And what happened today? Well, I gotta tell you the. I gotta quit giving Tanner Rourke a hard time because uh, this guy was uh, not cruising by any means. But um, he before the fourth inning, he had already walked two batters, and it just got out of hand in that fourth. Uh, let's see. Let's just get into this game. I don't have any good wisecracks to say because this game was really annoying when they uh, pulled Rourke and then David Bell went on his Oprah car giveaway with relievers. And so basically the Reds had Tanner Rourke going against Zach Wheeler. And Wheeler's a nice young pitcher. He's not some world beater, but he's probably a number three on most staffs. So what happened was the Reds were able to erupt in the second inning, the top of the second, for four for four runs. And you're thinking, okay, you give Tanner Roark a four-run lead, and this is going to be no problemo. And it couldn't have been farther from the truth. Let's get into the top of the second. Uh, Puig walks. Then for some unknown reason, Wheeler walks Shebler. He's probably getting a hard time about that right now. And then Jose Iglesias, uh, he's he doubles, and uh, Puig scores, and that was Jose Iglesias' fourth double of the year. Now Jose Iglesias had another multi-hit game. He's up to two ninety-seven, making me look really bad. But hey, what are you going to do? Uh, then after that uh, double that scored uh, Puig, that put him up one to nothing. Then Barnhart singles to right, and that puts. Shebler at home, which scores, makes it two to nothing. And you got Iglesias at third. Well, then Rorax at bat, he strikes out. And then Jose Peraza, who's leading off. David Bell, um, congratulations. You don't have uh, Joey Votto leading off, but you put Peraza up there, which is the dumbest thing I've ever heard of. Anyways, well, no, David Bell, I can't say that. Batting Joey Votto is far dumber than batting Jose Peraza. The problem with Jose Peraza is he doesn't walk, but he doesn't strike out either, so they kind of cancel each other out. But he's not a high on-base percentage guy. That's why he needs to hit sixth. Uh, it's kind of the turnover of the batting order. Got a good hitter in seventh and eighth. That's what, what I would do. But anyway, let's not pretend that the Reds are going to do what I say. They're ran by an investment banker and one of the owner's sons. So, let's get back to reality for a second. So, after that double, which scored Jose Iglesias to go up three to nothing, uh, I don't understand this at all. Zach Wheeler walked intentionally Joey Votto, and I guess that's okay, but... I sure wouldn't have done it. Um, Suarez, he uh, basically gets a sack run, sack RBI, drives in the fourth run. Uh, Tucker Barnhart scores. It was a long drive out to uh, center field. 
and then uh, Jesse Winker grounds out. So then you're up four to nothing. So you're thinking, hey, this game is well in hand. Well, the next inning, the leadoff hitter is Conforto. He doubles. Then uh, Todd Frazier grounds out. And then Wilson Ramos doubles. Conforto scores. Then Rosario singles. And Ramos scores. And then they come out. Johnson comes out and visits Rourke. And he strikes out the next two hitters, which were the eighth and ninth hitters. But that's neither here nor there. But you're thinking, man, you just got a four spot. Don't you think you need to come back out there, you know, use the ground, use the air, which means use your defense and just get some quick outs and get keep these guys off the uh, base pass. But no, Tanner Rourke, I don't know what they're doing with this guy, but this guy should be going seven innings a start. And they got this guy nibble in the corners. He is a um, 30-plus-year-old grizzled veteran workhorse. This guy needs to go out there like a bulldog and challenge hitters and not nibble because he's walking people. Because the problem is when they go to the fourth inning, uh, you can't even make this up because, uh, like, Tanner Rourke's sitting there with three innings under his belt. He's given up two earned runs. So this is what happens. He gets the first two uh, hitters of the inning out on a pop-up and a fly-out. So you're literally sitting there, no problem. Then you know what, and then and that's the sixth and seventh hitter. And then the eighth hitter, he walks for some unknown reason. And then the pitcher singles. And then the leadoff hitter walks. And then Alonzo walks, which loads the bases. And then the craziest thing I've ever seen happen besides the Brian Price managed game, David Bell comes out and brings in Wandy Peralta. Are, are you kidding, David Bell? Now, I know I've told you to use Wandy Peralta over Zach Duke, and I'm not saying this was the time to bring in Zach Duke. It definitely wasn't. But Wandy Peralta, sometimes he doesn't know the strike zone. And what did he do? He basically walked a runner in on four straight pitches. It was crazy. This is the time that you should have either let Rourke stay in there or brought in Garrett and let Garrett run off the next two innings. But no, you bring in Walty Peralta. And before anybody listening to this podcast says, well, Jared, you said you should want Peralta. No, go back and listen. Wandy Peralta should never be used with ducks on the pond. Now, I'm not saying that if you have a runner on first and there's two outs and you want to bring Wandy Peralta in in the seventh inning to neutralize a left-handed Hitter, I'm not saying that's not a good idea. But with the bases loaded, Wandy Peralta, the guy who loses the strike zone more than you can lose your kids at a shopping mall. And I've never lost my kid at a shopping mall, by the way. But that's not the point. The point is, is that Wandy Peralta, you, there's, there's pro, you know how they're like with fire extinguishers, there's like broken glass and it has that little message. If Wandy Peralta was a fire extinguisher, it would say, warning, do not use with the bases loaded. He may walk runner in. David Bell, you are insane. I don't even know if you know what's going on other than right-handed and left-handed batter versus left-handed pitcher and right-handed pitcher because nobody would bring in Wandy Peralta with the bases loaded. I'd like... I'm not even trying to get on you. 
David Bell, should I use my cookies voice, my cookies and milk voice? You shouldn't bring in Wanty Peralta with the bases loaded. Sometimes he can't find the strike zone. David Bell, you're driving me insane! And then anyway, then they got to bring in... uh, uh, It doesn't really matter. Peralta finally gets out of it. And then... David Bell goes on a streak of Michael Lorenzen, and then Michael Lorenzen has to be pulled for um, Garrett, and then we're dealing with all this other stuff. So it's just a crazy game. I don't even understand what David Bell's thinking. Uh, David Hernandez comes in and rebounds from that St. Louis game where he gave up three runs. Uh, Iglesias was brought in the eighth inning. I thought it was a crazy move, but it might have been David Bell's best move of the year, bringing Iglesias in in the eighth inning. Uh, Because what happened was he was able to stop any more runs from happening in the uh, basically the bottom of the eighth and ninth. Iglesias did K the last four batters of the game, which is pretty impressive. I'm not going to lie. Uh, the top of the ninth, everybody knows. I and and I and I really I really like to rub it in like George's face out of resignation number forty one ninety two, and everybody else who told me that Jesse Winker was a poor man something. I don't know who the player was. I could go look it up though if I tried. And everybody told me that Winker was not a starting positional player. They all told me he was never going to hit for power. Well, ladies and gentlemen, he just won the game with his eighth home run to right field. He's got eight home runs in the month of April. He's pro- And I told you he's not going to hit 40 this year. He's probably going to be between 30 and probably 36 bombs. I expect Jesse Winker to put up probably 33 to 35 home runs. If he hits 40, I'll be happy, but I just don't think he's going to – I just know baseball. It's not probably going to happen. So, But Jesse Winker's a 30-home run hitter. It's the natural loft in his swing. A lot of left-handers develop power later on in uh, as they mature through the ages, you know, 21 – not 21, I'm sorry, 24, 25, 26, 27, just getting stronger, filling out, and their swing has the natural loft. But – you know what, Reds Nation number 4192, members that only troll me in uh, posts that have any reality to do with what's going on as far as baseball operations, whenever I post good things, you don't ever respond. You just, you're, there's, you're nowhere to be found. But if I tell you Jesse Winker's going to hit 30 home runs, y'all want to run down a Reds player. But if I tell you that Scott Shebler and Jose Peraza and Brandon Dixon sucks as a return for for Todd Frazier, you defend those guys like you're going down on the Titanic. So anyway, I don't want to hear from you guys anymore. I'm right. You're wrong. The rest is history. I got the 99.7 world famous, universally renowned and known, always being right. So get off my back. You know, I was not going to even cuss. I was going to say something like, you geographical, casual Reds fans. That's what I was going to say for the people that give me a hard time on uh, social media for me telling you how it is. Okay, I'm tired of it. 
Okay, so uh, let's get down to the good things. Well, number one on my good things, you know it's going to be the wink. Jesse Winker, you're going to prove everybody wrong and prove JR right. You're going to hit 30-plus home runs this year. You're going to drive in 100, even though I think you only got like, what, uh, are you at 13 RBIs? I don't know. Let's look that up so I know exactly what I'm talking about. Wow, he has 13 RBIs. And I had to look it up, but I knew it off the top of my head. See, ladies and gentlemen, I don't have a subscription or whatever to Baseball America like your friend over there at Reds Minor Leagues. You know the guy that uses memes and uh, GIFs or whatever you say, G-I-F, little S, you know, to uh, insult people he's never met and he's insecure about his knowledge as far as uh, baseball in general and Reds in particular. So, you know, I don't have... These four computer screens laying around here. All I got is my scouting reports on my mantle as I talk about. And I can reference them, but I just don't have one in my lap right now. If you want a scouting report on a player, let me know. Inbox this. I can give it to you. It's only $19.99 plus shipping and handling. That part's a joke. Don't be so dense over there on a rock. Anyways, so who gets number two on my good things? You know what? I'm going to have to give it to Russell Iglesias. Man, I wasn't for you brain brought in the eighth inning, but he was about out of pitchers. I'll tell you that. He dang sure didn't want to bring Duke in. So, Russell Iglesias, two innings, I think one hit, one walk, four Ks. You struck out the last four batters you faced. Congratulations, Iglesias. You actually got the win on this. You're one and three on the year. Man, Iglesias, you've lost three games. Uh, probably Brian Price's fault. Wait, David Price. Wait, David Bell. I meant to say that. Anyway, who can we put for number three on the good things list? Well, there's not many to choose from. And I don't normally do this, but I'll give it to Jose Iglesias. Two for three, a run and an RBI. He's up to 297. Now, I hope Nick Senzel comes and Wally Pips you, Iglesias, because you cannot, we cannot have Nick Senzel play in center field. Unfortunately, that's what we're going to have if the rumors are true against the Giants that they're going to deploy Nick Senzel in center field. But mark my words on this episode, he will run into a wall. He'll dive for a ball. He'll, something will happen. He'll get hurt or he will nosedive offensively in mid-August because his legs will not be acclimated to playing a full season of center field. And when you guys down over there on the rock tell me that he won't play a full season because April's almost over, you are dense. You don't get to collect $200 in Pasco. And, in fact, you need to hit the eject button. So, anyway, that's all I'm saying. Nick Stenzel needs to be your next shortstop. Phil Irvin needs to be your center fielder unless they can swing a trade for Austin Hayes or even bring back Kevin Pillar. Anyways, so let's get to the bad things list. Well, how should I put this? David Bell, your pitching usage of relievers is crazy. Let's just count them. One, two, three, four, five. Five relievers, and that's not even the real bad problem because Iglesias, your fifth reliever, pitched two innings, which isn't a problem. I'm not going to get you on that one. But, man, 
you used four relievers from the fourth to the seventh. Man, I just don't understand you. You really didn't need to pull, um, was it Lorenzen? Yeah, you did not need to pull Lorenzen for uh, Garrett when you did. Just because batters are right-handed and some are left-handed doesn't mean you have to do that. Lorenzen and Garrett, and I understand Lorenzen was kind of getting hit around, but at this point, you had just lost your starter after three and two-thirds innings. You've got to help out your bullpen, David Bell. Let me do that one more time. Three, two, one. David Bell! You're going to run these guys in the ground. Anyways, let's go to number two on the bad things list. Tanner Rourke. I want you to use the strike zone and get some ground balls and some fly balls. I know you're more of a fly ball pitcher, and somebody with the Reds probably said, hey, don't go after hitters. Nibble on the sides. Hopefully they won't get good wood on the baseball. You're walking too many guys. Now, I'm okay, Tanner Rourke, if you walk two guys over seven innings, but you're walking four over three and two-thirds, it doesn't work. So, Tanner Roark, you're number two on the bad things list. So, who gets number three? Well, I'm going to give it to Scott Shebler. Oh for two. You're hitting a buck 35. You couldn't even buy a 20-ounce soda at some places. I'm just telling you, David Bell, Dick Williams. I know, Now, back to Dick Williams. I know that when you asked for Danny Salazar from the Cleveland Indians, that you didn't know what you were doing because that was the dumbest thing you could have done in the negotiation with the Cleveland Indians for Todd Frazier because Dick Williams, can you sit down for a second? Thanks. They were trying to compete. To win the National League Central. They were not going to trade you Danny Salazar. And Danny Salazar has been a train wreck. His delivery was never smooth anyway. So whoever told you on that staff of scouts that Danny Salazar was the guy you needed, that guy should be fired. He probably already is fired. But Dick Williams, when they offered you Jose Ramirez and Mike Clevenger and another prospect, you should have worked that deal for Clint Frazier or Justice Sheffield way back when, yes, yes, way back when in that offseason, but you didn't, and then what happened is you were so transfixed on Jose Peraza from the uh, Chapman negotiations, and I and by God, if you would have got Jose Peraza for Chapman, at least that would have been a little bit better than your Jaglio Renda, Cotham, um, and whoever else you got. Who else did they get on that deal? That was a horrible trade, too. Anyways, that trade was horrible. You guys need to quit looking at Kato, K-A-T-O-H, because that's where you guys thought that Dilson Herrera and Jose Barraza were two of the best prospects in all of baseball. And many of scouts has laughed about this, and not just scouts, people in other front offices, San Diego, even Pittsburgh, uh, who else What? Uh, who else do I know? Yeah, Kansas City, Tampa Bay, 
And that's about it. So people laughed when you said that. You actually said on air that Dilson Herrera was one of the best prospects in all of baseball. In fact, Buster Olney made fun of you on national TV about it. And I think he might even tweeted it. It was so bad that you said that in like in front of somebody. It was crazy. Anyways, so I know you guys are so desperate to make Scott Shebler or Jose Peraza like good or winners or whatever to justify your horrible trades. But your track record of bad trades is so bad, you just need to cling on to Luis Castillo, who's the National League leader in ERA right now, and run with that, okay? Because your your Frazier trade, your Cueto trade, your Bruce trade, every trade you've ever made has been horrible except for Kurt Casale. And that was a good trade. Other than that, you have been 0 for 1,072. So you guys need to move on from Shebler. You need to trade him. I would probably keep Peraza, and I would probably either play him in center field or Phil Irvin, or I would use Peraza as your all-around do-it-all utility guy and, yes, pinch runner for late-in games. The guy did steal 70 bases one year in the minors. So anyways, Dick Williams, you can leave now. I'm going to close my office because I'm about to close down Red's line for the night. But anyway, to make a long story short, this team has been ran into the ground since Walt Jockety took over. So he has an apprentice just like Darth Vader was the apprentice. And his name is Dick Williams, except, like I said, the only thing that Darth and Dick have in common is their names both start with a D. Darth Vader's cool. Dick Williams is not. He's an investment banker. So anyways, we got to do something about this. Bring in Tim Nairing. Get whatever you can done. Change this whole scouting department. Get some good guys running the development. Get some good coaches in the minors. And let's get this team back on track. Do you not know that not one minor league team has a winning record? Do you guys ever think about this organizationally? Like, I'm not even in my mood tonight where I'm going to go off and be like, David Bell, Dick Williams. You know, I, I'm I'm just like, I'm almost out of, you know, I just don't know when I I don't have any more bullets to use, man. Like, at some point, you'd figure that Bob Castellini would say, man, these guys have been leading me down the primrose path of losing for 10 years. First, you blame Dusty Baker, which I didn't like him as a manager anyway. It should have been Lou Piniella. That's that's period. Because Lou went and managed the, uh, Lou actually met with Castellini, left Castellini's office without a contract, and went to the Cubs back then. You guys should always remember this, that this happened. And then, then you blamed it on Dusty Baker. And then somehow, Walt Jockety, you were able to give yourself a promotion and make Dick Williams the GM to take the heat off you. And then all of a sudden, in the midst of this Brian Price thing, that bought you three years. So Brian Price is 3 and 18 or 3 and 15 or whatever it was. 
And then right before that, Dick Williams pulls a Walt Jockety card, promotes himself to president of baseball operations, and they make Nick Kroll GM to take the heat off Dick Williams after that start. And then they fire Brian Price. So then this offseason, you tr- you make one really good trade for Tanner Roark. That was awesome, giving up, I think, Rainey, who probably might not even ever made, make the major leagues or what whatnot. Again, if he did with the Reds last year, I can't remember. I'm doing this without my screen, Doug. Dougie Baseball. I'm sorry I don't have a subscription to Baseball America. Anyways, so that was a great trade. And then I was okay with your trade for the Dodgers to pivot that Homer Bailey salary. I didn't mind that at all. But And then the Sunny Gray trade is looking like it's working out. I really wouldn't have taken Sonny Gray unless I got Clint Frazier back in that deal, and I would have traded that pick wholeheartedly, and maybe even sent Vladimir Gutierrez, or however you pronounce his name, or another lower uh, prospect, not in the top five or six, to the Yankees, to get Clint Frazier to play center field. Let me tell you what, one of these Reds lines, what I got to do is explain to Reds Nation how trades work and how you uh, trade from depth. To feel need, and this team, they don't do that. They we, they cross stream trades, and it makes no sense whatsoever. I wish I could really go into it because it was it's actually really interesting. If you guys just made good trades, if you just take, uh, for instance, your Johnny Cueto trade, um, if you would have just. By the way, have I, have you guys remembered when I told you that the medicals came back on Sean Manea and the Reds had to redo that trade? When that happened, other teams were calling to give a better offer to the Reds for Cueto, and Walt Jockety would not even discuss, discuss any trades. It's that's that's how these guys operate. So this is mismanagement of assets, and I can't believe Mister Castellini hasn't can't see it because if they say he's as competitive as he is. You got to fire people, you know, if they don't do their job right and you're losing. But here's the deal, ladies and gentlemen, that team made $36 million last year. Yeah, that's right. So as far as Castellini is concerned, he may be okay with making that coin. But I'll tell you what, you, Castellini, you're walking over, you're walking over quarters to pick up pennies, my friend, because of all the TV revenue you could get, all the playoff revenue you could get. It, you, this, you don't have one guy in that front office besides Nick Crawl, who could probably do a baseball move to energize the fan base. Now, how do you draw a record crowd opening day, and then three days later you draw a record low like seven thousand? I think it was seventy seven ninety nine. So, Mister Castellini, either you're happy making that forty spot. And $40 million's good. Don't get me wrong, man. That's a lot of do-re-mi. But for a Major League Baseball franchise, that's not huge, you know. It's not It's not much. I mean, I'm just telling you, I know a lot of people in baseball. And $36 million, well, that's nice. But you're just, you're just uh, spinning your tires. Bob Castellini, why don't you talk to some baseball people? Without Walt Jockety by your side, and you'll understand that you have been taken advantage of 
forever since you bought this team. Because a lot of fans, they want to criticize Mr. Castellini, but these fans don't know that back in the early part of this decade, Mr. Castellini had the payroll 114 and 117 million. It was a misallocation of funds by one Walt Jockety bringing in like the worst ex-Cardinals, washed up Cardinals, money could buy. Anyways, I'm not going to go off on this rant too much longer, but anyway, where do we go from here? Well, they're not going too far. They're still in the Big Apple. They got We got Luis Castillo going tomorrow, and who's he going up against? I looked it up earlier, but again, doggy baseball. I don't have all these charts and laptops. I go off my top of my head, doggy baseball, so it's uh, Vargas. Now, I am not going to hurt the Reds' karma of winning, but the Reds should destroy Jason Vargas. This guy is not a very good pitcher, but now he's probably going to throw a no-hitter versus the Reds since I said he's not very good. But the Reds should have no problem rolling over this guy, and if they don't, they got some major problems. David Bell! you got to sit Scott Shelburne. Play Phil Irvin. I don't care what you say anymore. He's a liability in the outfield and a liability at the plate. I do not care. You must remove Scott Shebler. Anyways, so what do I think is going to happen tomorrow? I think Luis Castillo is going to be Luis Castillo, and I hope he wins another game. He's 3-1 with a 1.23 ERA. This is a good young Mets lineup. Got a lot of hungry young players. Now, the bottom of this lineup really drops off. I'm not going to lie. But McNeil's having a good season. Conforto's having an okay season. Brendan Nimmo, who should be on this team, is having a decent season. So uh, Alonzo has already got 25 RBIs. He's amazing. Can't even believe that Peter Alonzo, they, didn't, they almost traded him. I mean, good night. I mean, what a perfect player for this uh, New York Mets franchise at first base. In fact, that, by the way, Peter Alonzo, which, never mind, I don't want to get into drafting old Reds drafts, but anyways, uh, let's get back into this. Uh, my prediction for tomorrow's game, I think the Reds are probably going to rip up Vargas. I'm going to predict a 7-1 to one win, and I hope I didn't... Uh, ruin the Reds' chances of winning, because when I say they're going to destroy a pitcher, they usually get uh, shut out or something. So, anyways, from the Little Apple all the way back to Reds' country, and even in the Big Apple tonight, we're going to shut down Reds' line. So I will see you tomorrow night, Reds' nation. Thank you very much.